Welcome back to Awaken Exchanges. I'm your host, Jay Rich, and I hope that everyone enjoyed the 420 break. Now we're back and you're listening to the 11th in my series on the giant yet finally shrinking Great Awakening map. We're down to the last few sections and I think I've got a better handle on how to organize these phrases into some kind of narrative. I hope that you're enjoying them more as we go along and that uh, the work shows. This episode will focus on the Great Awakening subsection, and as always, I am truly grateful to be here speaking with you. You can always email me about other interesting topics and guests. You can use the contact form on our website, or contact me via Twitter at AwakenExchanges. As you probably know, I'm currently taking a road trip around the western half of our beautiful country, and I'm including some cool videos and photos from my stops along the way. I'm truly grateful to have this opportunity and to share it with you as I scout for our future Austin area home and explore some cool sites along the way. I hope you're enjoying the photos and I'm looking forward to whatever series and interviews that get started because of this whole trip. I hope that it all leads to great things for the podcast, the vapes, and the arc. As I've mentioned before, things are definitely heading in the right direction and the mindfulness techniques that I've been practicing really seem to be lifting my spirit of gratitude. I am beyond grateful that you're all here to join me along the way and at least virtually sharing these experiences a little bit. Thank you all for being here. Now, we're getting to the last few episodes of the map, but if you're just joining us or if you haven't already seen it, you can still find a copy of the high-resolution map in our show notes and on our website at awakenedexchanges.com. And if you're checking out the Telegram channel or Twitter feed, you can see the highlighted version of the map that I've made showing how I'm grouping these topics together. And I've already given the disclaimer, but we are talking about a lot of conspiracy theories in this series. So here it is again. Um, let's keep that in mind when we weigh these things, all right? I'm doing my best to keep these intros brief unless I actually need to add some context, uh, but I do want to remind you that I am updating my pinned Twitter threads and Telegram channel to collect all the visuals that go with this series, and hopefully for any other future deep dives that we do. I hope that you're still enjoying the threads, and if you need the link to the Telegram channel, it's in the show notes as well as on our website, so I hope you engage with us in the exchange over there. Before we get to the Great Awakening subsection, here's a brief rundown of our sponsors. As always, I want to thank all of you personally for your support. Just listening and sharing this podcast with your friends gives me a reason to keep providing the best content possible. If you have the means and would like to contribute personally, please take a look at our Patreon page where you will get access to exclusive content and deals. There are already bonus videos available and more are on the way. As for our other sponsors, Awaken Vapes was the first of the Awaken brands and has been helping you modulate your high with CBD-only, high-terpene vape products since 2019. Genesis Farms has been making the highest quality medicinal RSO along with many other fantastic products, starting with the medical community back before 2010, while the Caramel Corn Company is bringing you caramel corn the way it's meant to be. And remember, if you enjoy this podcast, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on YouTube, or follow us wherever else you're listening. And if you can, leaving a review or comment on Apple Podcasts really does help spread the word. You can also support us on Patreon or connect with us on the social media of your choice. We are at Awakened Exchanges on Facebook and Instagram and at Awaken Exchanges on Twitter. All right, now, stay tuned and thank you for listening to Awakened Exchanges. Genesis Farms was founded on the belief in cannabis's ability to heal. 
Genesis Farms is more than a brand. They're a compassionate community of like-minded folks that generate top-quality cannabis products made with love and care. Community outreach is always on their mind, and their partnerships with Grow for Vets and Parents for Pot was just the beginning of what they hope to accomplish in the coming years. You can find their products on the best dispensary shelves across the state of Oregon. Their RSO is the most consistent quality in the state. Their tinctures are second to none, and their personal massage oil will have you and your partner coming back for more. Find them on Facebook and Instagram and ask for them in your local dispensary today. Don't forget to listen to Sean's interview right here on Awakened Exchanges. It's episode number three. The Caramel Corn Company is bringing you caramel corn the way it was meant to be. Made with premium ingredients in small, handcrafted batches and completely gluten-free. Their flavors include original, roasted cashew, salted almond, mixed nut, spicy sriracha, white morsel macadamia, peanut butter, butterscotch, and my personal favorites, chocolate drizzle and raspberry caramel apple. I can't say enough about how delicious this caramel corn is. It makes a great gift any time of the year. You can find them for sale in Portland area market of choice locations and hopefully again online soon when they get stocked back up. Please visit www.caramelcorncompany.com for more information today. And remember, buying local supports small businesses and keeps your money building your community. Last but not least, Awaken Vapes has been bringing you some of the highest quality CBD vapes since ringing in the new year of 2019. I became passionate about cannabis after a car wreck left me with major migraines and no prescribed pills helped alleviate the symptoms. Having only tried cannabis a handful of times in high school and college, it was a doctor's recommendation that led me to give it another try. Only then did I realize that we'd all been at least a little misled about the health benefits of this amazing plant. Despite an unexpected break because of the vape ban and then a global health crisis with COVID, the business is stronger than ever, and we invite you to check out our updated website today. We are still offering our three varieties with new and improved terpene formulations for enhanced flavor to go along with the custom blended effect profiles. Check back at www.awakenedvapes.com for any updates, and you can always email us about wholesaling or white labeling opportunities. We're back again. This is our 11th episode involving the Great Awakening map, and we're closing in on the final few. I hope you're still enjoying the run and that this Great Awakening section, which is actually the smallest physical section on the map, will be just as entertaining for you guys. As I mentioned way back in part one of the series, episode 18, if you're just joining us, the map draws your attention to the Great Awakening by telling us that everything is an illusion and that we are using our collective consciousness to manifest the optimal timeline reality for Earth. As we spent a good part of episode 18 talking about this, I'm going to hope that you've listened to that and start our deep dive when the map goes on to say that the entire universe is an emanation of a single holographic photon. This is where we get into the holographic universe theory, which I do personally find fascinating. I suggest some heavy research if you can withstand it. 
but the preschool course is that it was proposed to solve the black hole paradox within the string theory hypothesis. According to ScienceDaily.com, in a larger and more speculative sense, the theory suggests that the entire universe can be seen as a two-dimensional informational structure painted on the cosmological horizon so that the three dimensions we observe are only an effective description at low energies. That is a fascinating way to look at it and does actually lend itself to the whole raise your vibration attitude that the map portrays as putting out there, uh, despite the fact that it was actually responsible for a lot of promotion of hatred and violence over the last few years, including the Capitol riot on January 6th, but that's beside this particular point. If we uh, are theoretically raising our vibrations, then maybe at higher states of energy, um, the math shows that we are really outside of time as we know it. This is where I would love to have someone like Lex Friedman on the show to talk about this stuff and really dive in deeper to what this all might mean. Uh, I, I like his philosophical bent, and maybe I'll get a chance to do just that in Austin. You can never know. Um, anyway, this map has another quote. It is said that the highest vibration in the universe is gratitude. And as I've mentioned the last few weeks, I have been practicing gratitude a lot lately. And uh, it is just a coincidence that it shows up on the map. I've been practicing some form of this mindfulness meditation since at least my introduction to the Shambhala lineage of Buddhism in 2010. And I don't know if it's the highest vibration, as I know people would probably make an argument for love as well, or loving kindness. Um, but I do believe it is definitely a better ideal to strive for than most people do. Um, now that said, we come to the next quote. Free energy will allow humans to clean and free the earth to become a multidimensional civilization. Right after that, it says free energy in bold and all caps, followed by a little tiny underlined zero point energy caption. Now, we've talked a lot about zero point energy and this whole type of concept back in episode 26, so you can check that out if, there if you want to. But capturing the energy particles as they flit between quantum states does sound like an exciting possibility. It would definitely be nice not to be burning dead dinosaurs for the rest of our human existence, because that might not be very long if that's what we have to rely on. But I don't know how else to really get into that multidimensional civilization part other than I would love to believe I just don't have any proof or evidence to show you guys. So we come to the next phrase, instantaneous travel, which sounded a lot like Star Trek teleportation to me. Uh, we also talked about jump gates in episode 27, which are apparently like teleporters between two known locations. If that actually existed, then we could just set up a network of known positions and create some sort of DHD device like on Stargate and teleport from port to port. How many dead dinosaurs would be required to power it, though, I wonder? The answer would probably be zero if that uh, zero-point energy is actually valid. But I suppose we'll see. Not far away is the phrase local star cluster, which is followed directly by a bold and capitalized portal system. And another tiny and underlined phrase, intergalactic trade route. All of that seems to line up rather nicely with that portal system I was just talking about, but apparently this is on a massive scale. Uh, I'm thinking of like Stargate in space. That's large enough for 
say go old mothership to pass through or something that's got to be huge though because the map says that uh, our solar system is near the busiest cosmic web supergate in the galaxy so we're still special uh (laughs) it probably doesn't matter too much though since the map says that quote our entire solar system has already been colonized that's right we could be the ants on some alien's anthill waiting for the time they need to terraform our planet to match their atmosphere I went trying to dig into this a little bit, and there's not much beyond the random secret space program quotes, all leading back to Corey Gump, uh, I mean, good, excuse me, excuse me, Corey, good, or Project Camelot. Um, I suppose that I'm going to have to try and break up this next mess just a little bit and break down what I think uh, kind of message 5D was trying to get at. It starts with the new Earth, and then the phrase 5D Earth is set right next to Light Body Ascension, Kundalini Awakening, and DNA Upgrade with a tiny but bold 12-strand underneath it. The New Earth is self-explanatory. It's the map's vision, or at least 5D's version, of what's going to happen with us as we transition to the five-dimensional Earth. Now, what about those New Agey phrases? Well, we talked a little bit about the rainbow light body ascension in pretty good detail back in episode 21. And that would seem to cover that light body ascension part. Um, The basic thought expounded in the conspiracy community, though, is that we raise our vibration until we shed our physical body and become light beings. Now, Kundalini Awakening, on the other hand, is more intricately linked to the Hindu terms and beliefs we talked about in episode 22. Uh, Put simply, they talk about a Kundalini Awakening as some form of energetic awakening that transforms us on the mental, emotional, and spiritual levels. The Kundalini is linked to our chakra centers, again from episode 22, as the energy from the lower levels is unwound and released the kundalini unwinds itself further up towards the crown chakra. As you get more and more in tune, you awaken your chakras, and it's said to give you interesting abilities or powers. Uh, But if that is your goal, then you'll never achieve them. So it's uh, kind of a catch-22. As for that DNA upgrade, well, that must be from those grand experiments they've been doing on us, right? I initially thought the 12 strands was going to have something to do with uh, chromosomes or our DNA upgrade, but since we have 23 pairs, and that's almost half the number, but didn't seem significant, um, and a DNA strand, shouldn't that be the entire bundle of DNA? So the phrasing didn't really make sense to me, and in the end I decided to leave it alone and accept the fact that not everything is going to make sense, even twisted sense, on this map, so... I'm going to leave it twisted with DNA. The next little subsection, though, covers a tiny little area at the bottom left of this Great Awakening section, but it's got a lot of stuff related to topics that we've already covered before. I'll start it off with the Blue Avians, which were covered on multiple episodes in this series, and as I've now mentioned it yet again, for a repeated appearance on the map, I'm just going to quickly mention the Love 1, which is also mentioned again, But this time it actually comes along with the specific years 1981 to 1984 inserted nearby. Those were the years that the raw channelings took place, uh, supposedly. 
And until I had started doing research on the map, I had only vaguely heard of this book, let alone that it was from a channeling session. I haven't dug deeply into the message, but the surface level actually does seem fairly positive, and the true believers definitely seem to be diehard in their beliefs. All of that is closely followed on the map by capitalized channelings, which makes sense considering the law of one, and then it's followed by a much smaller font saying universal knowledge. The map also mentions the hero's journey and universal archetype nearby, leading me to believe that it all is connected to this raw channelings within the book. And if you've listened to the series at all, then you know that this raw is the same raw tear ear that is in communication with Corey Gump. Damn it, I did it again. Anyway, Corey Good, of course. And I'm pretty sure that true believers say that raw was also supposedly in contact with with anyone that we would consider an ascended master, such as Jesus, Muhammad, or other greats of religion and philosophy. So how many people out there get the feeling that time's going to look back on Corey Good as being lumped in with those kind of people? Yeah, me neither. But speaking of channeling, uh, just underneath that is boldly listed Bashar, followed by the phrase, Essasani channeling. So let's start with that Essasani phrase, which according to decryptedmatrix.net, the Essasani civilization is based on unconditional love, ecstasy, fun, following your excitement, being totally non-judgmental, and giving validity and equality to the uniqueness of each individual in society. And Bashar, well, that's the name of one of the most famous channeled beings around. That same website describes him as extremely enthusiastic, almost to the point of seeming cartoon-like, and yet he has an incredibly fast mind and an amazing wit, a loving heart, and of course a profound understanding of reality. You have to remember, uh, to keep Bashar separate from Daryl Anka though, that's the human that Bashar speaks through. Who's Daryl Anka? Well, according to his IMDb credits, he worked on the visual effects departments of a fair amount of films, including the first Iron Man movie. Um, I suppose a fifth dimensional being can talk through anyone they'd like to, though. All right, that brings us to the Mandela effect, which is one of my favorite conspiracy theory subjects, and it's listed in small font, but fairly prominently in this section. It's surrounded by the phrases merging timelines and new physics model. I know that I've mentioned the Mandela effect before, but I can't remember if it was just with Nick Hinton back in our episode 10, or if it was during the Great Solar Flash info in episode 19. Uh, That said, it's the theory that we somehow merge timelines with at least one other civilization, uh, or one other Earth, rather, which makes sense with that second phrase that's listed. Uh... The most well-known example of the Mandela effect is probably its namesake, Nelson Mandela, who, while George Bush was in office, he once famously said that, you know, Nelson Mandela was deceased, but uh, Mandela didn't die until December 5th, 2013. A large contingent of people seem to, you know, remember Nelson Mandela dying in prison, while others of us remember the 2013 date. So this was first brought to light by Fiona Broom back in 2009 um, 
four years before he had even died. So I'm including a link to other popular examples that are listed on our website, but the Berenstein Bears versus the Berenstain Bears was definitely my introduction to the subject. Maybe you can remember Curious George having a tail? Nope, never happened. Fascinating subject. Um, I also think that them listing the phrase new physics model nearby is because the most likely scenario to explain any of this, if it's real, has to be something involving the multiverse theory in some sort of a way, or some sort of quantum anomalies or fluctuations that would be involved in merging the timelines of two or more worlds. Again, where's Lex when I need him? Uh, I so want to know what he thinks about the multiverse hypothesis, especially after hearing Brian Greene's interview on Joe Rogan that aired on April 8th. Anyway, let's get to the next quote, which is semi-related and reads, global mass meditation efforts occurring all the time create our positive optimal timeline reality. We'll touch back on the optimal timeline reality again, but we did cover that before, especially in the Great Solar Flash episode uh, 19. But for now, let's just say that it fits in with the multiverse theory as optimal implies multiple. Now, what about this global mass meditation effort? Well, there are apparently multiple, and while I know about lineages celebrating together virtually, as I did a few times with the Shambhala Buddhist lineage when we met for the New Year's celebrations, uh, there are apparently online groups that schedule monthly or sometimes even more frequent mass meditations where you can join a like-minded group of people trying to meditate on things like loving kindness or peace. I think any meditation is good practice and do mine most, if not every morning. Does it help bring us any single optimal timeline? And is my optimal timeline the same as 5D's optimal timeline? Or the people responsible for any of the Q drops? I highly doubt it. But I do hope that the optimal timeline for Earth has us taking a little step back and fixing our planet before it's too late. The last things in this subsection will start off with Gaia, which is portrayed with their distinctive logo, along with the name David Wilcock and an arrow linking him to a big and bold optimal timeline reality, slicing through the full disclosure project. So David Wilcock has been talked about many times in this series and is where Corey Good goes to have his discussions of credibility in the late 90s and early 2000s, but then he just kept talking, and uh, his Cosmic Disclosure series is where a lot of this speculation, to use a polite term, comes from. Uh, but as for the Full Disclosure Project, that's Dr. Stephen Greer's project, and the stated purpose there is to force governments and corporations to release suppressed technologies that will improve the quality of life of everyone living on the planet. And while I'd love to see that happen, I'm just not holding my breath at the moment. Now we're finally going to finish off our brief mention of the optimal timeline reality. Remember episode 19 if you want to know more, but that timeline was reality was focused on 2030 and beyond. Uh, in the optimal timeline future, that's when cosmic peace was supposed to be gained, our ascension to oneness was to be had, and, you know, we were supposed to have had visitations from the inner Earth as well as from beyond our solar system as we perfected multidimensional travel throughout the cosmos during this next decade. 
It's also during this decade that we apparently put an end to all suffering, heal Mother Earth, and develop our so-called ascended abilities. As Neuralink is already trying to help us use technology with our thoughts and eventually reading each other's mind, maybe we're on the path. It's pretty close to an ascended ability, no? If I'd realized that this section was going to be so small, I might have included some others or broken it up a little bit more. I think one of the next two episodes is going to be fairly lengthy, but I'm going to do my best. Um, But like I said, this is the last section this week. And once again, that's the miscellaneous section of random terms and phrases. And the first one of those is C-sharp. The reason I decided to kind of include it in this section is because I couldn't find any reference to it. Uh, unless by chance it has something to do with that 432 hertz tuning that we talked about back in episode 23. That means that uh, I can move on to the next phrase, though, service to others, which is actually part of one of my morning meditation mantras. Service to others is service to oneself. And I think that that could be considered an ideal worth aiming for. I know that I have felt better since I have taken to my interactions that way and it's a whole lot easier to do unto others when you are trying to remember that they are just as you are now the cosmic web is the next phrase and knowing this map it could reference any number of things that said the cosmic web is the name astronomers give to the structure of our universe which they say is composed of massive filaments of galaxies separated by giant voids I think I'll leave that right there for you to take your own deep dive into. Um, The bold 1111 or 1111, followed by the word synchronicity, well, as 1111 is believed to be the number associated with spiritual awakenings and powerful new beginnings, it makes sense that it's on this map. Pythagoras even believed that each number had a different vibration and used this belief as a foundation for a type of numerology. Uh, Numerology itself has existed for thousands of years, and in it, 11 is considered a master number and a messenger of the universe. As for synchronicity, Wikipedia says that it is a concept first introduced by analytical psychologist Carl G. Jung, who I am a tremendously big fan of, to describe circumstances that appear meaningfully related yet lack a causal connection. Jung held that to ascribe meaning to certain acausal coincidences can be a healthy, even necessary function on the human mind, principally by way of bringing important material of the unconscious to the mind's attention. A lot of people consider synchronicities to be coincidence, but mathematics doesn't like coincidence. So what does that mean? I'm personally of the mind that it has to do with quantum entanglement. No matter how diluted, all the way from the Big Bang, we're all connected somehow. Maybe some things are more entangled than others, uh, leading to higher frequencies of coincidences with certain people or places in your life. Who knows? Next, we have metaphysics and what the map calls the source field. Both mentioned right near the word, in bold, Taurus. That's T-O-R-U-S. If you haven't checked out the Telegram channel, now would be a good time to look at that first pin thread in the Awaken Exchanges chat so you can see my post about the Taurus model of the universe. 
I still think of the torus field as what the map is calling the source field. They feel like interchangeable terms to me, so I'm going to let you read that thread and do a little research for yourself. But as we go down that list, we have wave-particle duality. That's the concept in quantum mechanics that every particle or quantum entity may be described as either a particle or a wave. It expresses the inability of the classical concepts of particle or wave to fully describe the behavior of quantum scale objects. We touched on this a little bit with zero point energy as they're trying to find a way to capture the energy differences between these particles as they flit or change states. Now, this would also fall under suppressed technology, which is the next phrase on our list. And I think it's one of those fairly self-explanatory terms, and it's totally 100% real that the government suppresses some technologies from us. That said, I don't know how likely it is that zero-point energy is one of them, but I sure hope we have some solution somewhere sometime soon. I'm leaning towards Elon Musk and him figuring out some way to solve the battery problem. All right, next is phi, which is big and bold towards the bottom left of this section and positioned just above a much smaller fonted, if that's a word, golden ratio. The Greek letter phi is used to represent the golden ratio. According to a LiveScience.com article, phi is closely associated with the Fibonacci sequence in which every subsequent number in the sequence is found by adding together the two preceding numbers. The sequence goes 0, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, 34, and so on. And it is also associated with many misconceptions. I don't want to get into all of them, but uh, the big one is that the golden ratio is represented all over in nature. And while the article goes on to mention that since measurements of real objects can only be approximations as the surfaces of real objects are never perfectly flat, inaccuracies in the precision of the measurements lead to greater inaccuracies when those measurements are put into ratios. So claims about ancient buildings or art conforming to phi should be taken with a heavy grain of salt. And that when the dimensions of architectural masterpieces are often said to be close to phi, sometimes this means that people simply look for a ratio that yields 1.6, and they call that phi. Finding two segments whose ratio is 1.6 is not particularly difficult. And where one chooses to measure from can be arbitrarily adjusted, if necessary, to get those values closer to phi. I think that that's enough on this one. Although as an artist, I do use this ratio in some of my art projects and do think that it lends itself to beauty. And I do believe it's similar in nature in that it may not be exact, but that it exists in some way. That's gonna take us to our final two terms, the age of Aquarius and the age of the golden race. Now. The age of Aquarius in astrology is either the current or forthcoming astrological age, depending on the method of calculation. Astrologers maintain that an astrological age is a product of the Earth's slow processional rotation and lasts for approximately 2,160 years on average. The age of the golden race, however, is apparently the age of peace, prosperity, and immortality think that one may still be a ways off, 
but it seems like we're trying to make that happen. I think that just about wraps up this episode, though. Only two more left before we finish with this entire series. So thank you again for joining me on this journey. I hope to see you here next week. All right, that's 11 episodes down and only two more to go on the Great Awakening map. I hope you've enjoyed exploring this section as much as I did. I want to give a special thanks to all of our listeners. You are the reason I'm doing this. Please tell your friends about us, follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever else you're listening. And if you can, please leave us a comment or a five-star review on Apple Podcast. It really will help with visibility. You can also support us on Patreon or connect with us on the social media of your choice. We are at Awakened Exchanges on Facebook and Instagram and at Awaken Exchanges on Twitter. Thanks again and have a blessed day.